And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Kevin Jeffers, who had a near-death experience as well as encountered many unexplained experiences and phenomena that have expanded to include consciousness shifting, soul retrieval, past life recovery, energetic healing, and soul travel. Kevin, thank you for joining me today and welcome. Well, thank you. I appreciate your uh, invitation to be here. Kevin, can you please start from the beginning before your NDE and how this spiritual life of yours all started? Well, it became very active when I was 18. As a, as a child, I saw many things and experienced many things without explanation. But when I was 18, I went to a hypnotist who did previous life regressions, and it opened a door for me. I experienced many new and interesting things about myself, and that took time to become absorbed into who I am. And then coming out of that, it's like a, it's a, it's an evolutionary process for me personally, where I discovered that I could engage in the healing process and produce results. So then I went from there to um, probably the near-death experience, which was a result of a, a very personal and a distressing event where I lifted out of my body and went to the portal. At that point, uh, Raymond Moody wasn't famous. This was 40 years ago. And the descriptions of go to the light didn't mean anything to me at that time. I just knew that I had to go to the portal, which as I approached it, it was very bright and there was some entity there, probably the traditional angel without the wings. And I went up to the portal and I said, you called me, you brought me in. Then they looked at me and said, no, and gently touched my chest and pushed me back and said, it is not your time yet. But what was interesting out of that experience is that once you touch that light, it's with you forever. It doesn't end at that experience. People who have NDEs will tell you that they continue to have these experiences throughout their life, the, rem the remainder of their life. And I believe that's because the light, which is a high frequency energy, uh, became embedded or became a part of my consciousness, my energetic field. It was like pushing an on button, and then everything expanded from there. I was able to then start the process of what I call consciousness shifting, which is a, it's a fairly new term used a little bit, which means that instead of the out-of-body experience, you take your consciousness out from your body and go to a destination. And I found this to be very effective. And then as I got older, probably 10 years ago, I'm now 70, 10 years ago, it was soul retrieval. And what, what I found is that when I went out of the body, I was pretty tired of looking at things and checking out things and visiting friends. And then I had a very serious talk with my mentor, my guides and spirit and said, we need to expand this picture because I'm not finding the incentive to continue this. And they said, okay. And the next time I went out 
one of the guides was standing there and pointed, said, you need to go there. That's your retrieval. And that experience was a, a, an additional clarifying situation where I met with a person who had died, who, was, who had died in extreme trauma. And I learned gradually, event by event, how to assist them into the light. So for me, it's simple. Go out of the body, go to the person who's deceased, ask them if they want to go to the light, because you, you never, never force anyone to do anything. Ask them. And then taking them into the light is, is for me, an incredibly redeeming experience because I meet an incredible number of spiritual beings. Once you pass through the portal with a retrieval, it changes how you look at things, how you experience your life. So I think that's what I call the enriching process from when I was a very young man to currently, where step by step by step, my awareness increased. Um, I think there was a, an amazing experience called The Pattern, which is a part of the book I wrote. And The Pattern is, for me, I view it as the neural network of the creative intelligence. The pattern was created by the originators. I call them the originators because I, I don't have a name or an identity for them. But it's become the, the pattern of being for all forms of consciousness to lift themselves out of the here now and into release. They need to be lifted into release. As I, as I see it, the... You get to a point in your life where it all becomes the same. You get to a point in your life where everything is, there's no expectations because everything is known, mostly known. But with the pattern saw, there was a depth of the potential for higher consciousness. And uh, as I say it, it's, it was like the high octane that I needed to move forward. Um, it was the fuel that pushed me into new levels of understanding new levels of being so now when i when i go out of my body shifting my consciousness into other i guess you could say realities i just call them higher levels of frequency um i see more interesting things i meet interesting people i've met a, in some incredibly interesting souls and the ability to retrieve and to heal has increased the the i'm very result oriented so when i do a healing with someone i have a talk with them before then i do a healing and i have a talk with them later and we talk about what happened what the differences are and some of them are immediate energy adjustment seems to be the the simplest thing to do or if there is a physical condition like uh cancer or uh physical problems with the skin or the internal organs they'll let me know. And then sometimes I ask for verification from their doctor if they came back and said, it worked, that's gone. So I ask for permission to talk with their physician to verify the story. All right, let me take you back to the beginning because I have a bunch of questions I want to ask you. Right from the beginning, you decided to go to a hypnotherapist. Why did you do that? I was under the mentorship of a spiritualist who taught me the mechanics of healing, who talked about the potential for each soul to go beyond the body. 
and that was that was the foundation of of then taking the next stop step which is past lives i think everyone wants to know what their past life is if they have one if you think you have one what did i do who was i how did it happen so i started going back into my own personal history which is every life that you've lived is forever recorded in the energetic field of of the earth I wanted to know who I was. And then I hunted around. I belonged to a group called ARE, which is the uh, Edgar Casey group. And one of the people that was involved in that was a hypnotist who was specializing in past life regressions. So in one sense, I was looking for it. In another sense, I stumbled onto it. And that really opened up the horizons, the potential for the experience of spirit. Can you share with us what happened to you that caused you to have your NDE? That's a very difficult question to answer. Um, I was in a situation where um, I was being tormented pretty much by myself and some other uh, people where I wanted to quit. I wanted to leave life. I didn't want to be here anymore because it was it was too rough. It was too dangerous. I just wanted to go. So in I curled up into a ball and I said, I want to go. Now's the time. And then I lifted out from my body, which was the first time I had done that in that way as I was being pushed to the light. Um, and there, it just changed everything because once, as I mentioned, once you touch the light, light, your life has changed forever. So it's a, it's a little bit different. I, I wasn't in a hospital. I didn't clinically die. I just wanted to die. And apparently that wasn't on the schedule. Did that entity have a name? I wasn't smart enough to ask. I was so shocked by the experience. I thought I was going to die and then go into spirit. And that's the end of it. And then I popped out and went to the went to the portal. I still call it the portal because that was the original name I gave it. But I they felt familiar. And now looking back, I could say that was probably a, a soul that was part of my group soul who was there to assist me. And clearly the group soul didn't want me to die because I didn't. And I've had many experiences after that where that has become a question, do I want to go or do I want to stay? And I've elected to stay to complete my work, which the first piece of that is the book, The Pattern. It appears that you can now leave your body at will. Is that correct? My and consciousness will leave. The out-of-body experiences I've had have been sporadic. And they're not as focused as consciousness shifting. So yes, I do go out of the body from time to time. I think it's all interesting, but it's kind of boring. What I like about consciousness, lifting consciousness out for the body is that it opens the potential for your experiences and being. Because it's more focused, it's fine-tuned, it's a target. It, it's, it's an element that allows you to target something that you would like to do. And it, as I explained, 
soul retrieval has become the thing that I do in this latter portion of my life because that's what I want to do. I, when I do soul retrieval, I focus on children and the very old because the children who die by violence or war or by accident, they don't know where they are when they leave. And if they're not fortunate enough to have a loving family to pull them through to the other side, then they become, I guess you could say, lost. They don't know what to do. Now, I, I've talked to a, a friend of mine who's very deep into the NDE, and he was saying, those, those children will stay there until they ask for help. But asking for help might take a long time because there's a... The time on the other side in spirit is not the time that we experience. In spirit, there is no time and there is no space. It's all instantaneous. But here on earth, which we elected to come into, we accepted the notion that here you will experience time and space, the limitations of time, the confinements of space. And when you signed up to come into your body, your soul, you agree to that. And that changes the context quite a bit from a spiritual existence to a physical existence. When you were there, you mentioned that energetically the light changed you in some way and you brought the light back with you. Yes. Can you expand on that? In the realm of spirit, we are all energy. So if you move out of the flesh and into spirit, move out of the body and into spirit, you no longer have a body. You're a soul, you're a pure soul, an energetic soul. And because it's not astral traveling, which is part of the out-of-body experience, is that you become energy. Sometimes when I look at myself, I'm amazed because it's like all of the swirling particles of energy wrapping themselves around my body. And the first time I experienced that, it was just amazing. It was like a whole new, a whole new world of potential. So going back to your question, when I went to the portal and that angel, I like to say angel or guide, touched me, they did, they brightened my spirit, they brightened my energy field. I saw that what I was doing was stupid, that suicide is not encouraged on, in the spiritual realm. You come into the body as a gift to work out whatever you need to work out. Would you say then that they raised your frequency? I would say that. I would say that. Looking back to that experience, there was no other explanation because everything changed from that experience. And so even being back in the body, your frequency is still raised then, right? Yes. And that's been a gradual process. Um, over the years, um, I see things, I do things, I experience things that I even more than when I was younger. Do you think that we can do the same thing without having the NDE? Absolutely. How do we do that? It's a process of, of creating an intent, an energetic, an intent powered by energy to accomplish a goal. So people go into meditation, it's usually they, you know, they check their body, they see what's going on. They're, the focus is not going out into spirit, it's taking care of the body or the energy or relationships. So I think it's intent. Intent is the driving. It's an encapsulation of everything you would like to accomplish. And 
when it's energized, which means you put you behind your intent, then you, over time, depending on who you are and what you are and, and, and what you want, you will achieve that state. It's not difficult. Everyone can do it. People say, can I do consciousness shifting? And I said, yes, because you intend to do it. Initially, I went through a meditative process. And then I spent, I spent a lot of time listening to the Monroe Institute's uh, CDs, the binaural beats. And I find that quiets my body down and allows me to lift out faster and more easily. Uh, within the last year, I don't even need that anymore. I just go. But it was an excellent tool, not only for that, but for healing, for um, creating a presence with a friend in need. Once you believe, once you feel in your in yourself that you can lift, that you can send your consciousness out, then things change. When you're out there performing soul retrieving, you see souls who do not want to go to the light. Why Absolutely. is that? That's an interesting question. Some souls don't want to go to the light because they like where they are. They hang out with the family. They see what's going on. They think they can provide guidance for the family, which is rarely true. Or they, or there's some underlying desire. Um. I've run across souls who are who are focused on sex, so they go visit sex sites. Some are focused on wealth, so they they go there. So the not wanting to leave is not that uncommon. It's just not who you are. And at one point, I I think you become bored with it, and then you move on because you didn't come in here to be obsessed about a desire or a particular physical experience. You came here to learn. You came here to lift yourself up from the physical form to the spiritual form, which is an amazing education. The people that come into earth, even though there are many, many people, billions of people, represent a very, very tiny portion of consciousness in the universe. It's like when you come to earth and you graduate by release, by uplift, and uplift is lifting your consciousness out into pure spirit, it's like you get a diploma. Said, okay, here's your diploma. You're out of here. You accomplished your goals. There's no need to be here anymore. Is the pattern universal consciousness or is it just this realm that we live in? It's the background to our consciousness. What is the, what is the function and the purpose of a pattern? That's, that's the guide us to a, 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 a activity or an experience that you want. Patterns for sewing, patterns for building machines. Everything follows a pattern. And I'm simplifying it now as an example. The pattern that I experienced was high energy, um, a high energy field that allowed me to expand my experience of everything. Uh, the pattern is, is, it's like a, Unifying experience of consciousness. Well, think of it this way. Um, I don't know if you have children, but when you have children, you have to teach them how to grow up. You don't accept certain behavior. You put you have certain kinds of training. You make sure they do their homework and they take care of their room. It's not messy. But as they grow up, 
and they learn more about who they are, their sense of being and responsibility increases. So the pattern to me is a framework or a guide for experiencing consciousness. Now, does this pattern apply to only the earth and this realm we live in or everything? It's everything. It and pulls everything together. It's, it's really guided by um, what the needs of that particular consciousness is. From my experience, everything has consciousness. Everything is self-aware. Everything is energetic. Even a rock or a tree or a blade of grass, it's all, they all contain self-awareness and consciousness. They just simply express it in a way that we don't fully understand. If you look back in history to the mystics and the shamans, they are in cooperation with other forms of consciousness. So this is not a new concept. So it's not embraced here in the Western culture, but I learned from the many years in Asia that it is it's just a fact of life. You say you do you do this or this or that, they, they get it because they've been trained for that. They're open to the experience of, of spiritual consciousness. So what is the point of the pattern? For me, it's simple. The pattern is a guide, guiding us towards higher levels of consciousness. Um, it's like a personalized guide, a mentor. It's an energy resource that will answer our wants and needs to the degree that it can, that conforms to our own personal karma, as I say. Um, but it's, it's totally focused on our evolution, human evolution, and this current form needs to change. They don't have to dwell on that too long. You just read the news. But the pattern is also involved in other forms of consciousness, tadpoles, crickets, whales, whatever. But for us as humans, um, its, it's purpose is to guide us, to lift us out of this place, which I personally find very weird given what's going on in, in the world today, because it doesn't match or doesn't conform. It doesn't even express spirit. You also mentioned that beings or entities created this pattern, right? I call them the originators. And I, and I say that because I don't know who created the pattern other than there was a guiding intelligence to the pattern. I can't go back far enough to find out. Probably when I pass, I'll get to have all my questions answered. But these, these forms of consciousness, and I call the originators, created the pattern to guide consciousness, because that's all they care about. They, they're really not interested in the details of your life, but they're interested in where you're going, the evolution of your consciousness. So the originators are like, uh, they're the creators. It's interesting that the creators is plural, from what you're saying, because usually, you know, we or people will say that there's God or source and it, it appears to be one creator. But you're saying that there are multiple. Well, for me, it only makes sense. I mean, the, the man in the sky with the white beard who's guiding our life and he's the creator doesn't make sense to me because consciousness is expansive, all inclusive. 
So no, I don't see it that way. I just I see that the the originators, plural, are the entities who created the pattern for the purpose of creating consciousness and lifting it. Take a look at the earth. The earth contains an amazing number of conscious conscious entities, whales, dolphins, cats, dogs, it, just to name a few. We're like the, uh, the boiling pot of consciousness here on the planet. And I believe from my own experience that the earth is unlike many other, most other places because they're set in the framework of their evolution and they are not experiencing this thing called time space or the limitations of a body. So I'd strongly say that all of us chose to come here. Do you think that all of us conscious beings are interconnected? Absolutely. It's all energetic. It's one massive energetic field. You're radiating energy. You're sending it out. If when you were a young person, maybe you fell in love and you felt that instant connection and you felt a blending of energies. Well, that's all happening on a different in a different place. It's not your heart. It's not your brain. It's not your gut. It's your energy is intertwined with their energy. And often we call it love or deep friendship. It's still the same. When you first had your NDE, did you experience overwhelming amounts of love? No. No, actually it was disappointment. Because that being, before they pushed me out, out the portal, said, what are you doing here? It did create embarrassment and a feeling that I had was had gotten off the track somehow that I had to be scolded by spirit. So for me, it wasn't the beautiful enlightening experience of love and so on and so on, because I had experienced that previously. And the shifting of consciousness then and now, it's ever present. But the focus was on dying and pulling me back to my body so that I could deal with what I needed to deal with. And that was life-changing. I dropped all, I, I dropped, ultimately dropped my illusion that it mattered. At some point in your journey of your life, you went to Asia. Can you tell us how living in Asia affected your spiritual beliefs? Well, initially it didn't affect it at all. I was, I didn't understand what I was in. I spent the first years of my of my res residency you might call it in china in shanghai and i just thought it was very weird and disruptive i didn't get it and for about five years i just dealt with it as a business as a business transaction a component of my business but then one day i was listening to people speaking and instead of it being loud and pushy and argumentative, it's, it became music. So when I hear Chinese now, and I've learned the language, the speaking of that language was musical to me. And that opened the doors for me to experience other things when I would go to temples or retreats and go to Tibet, at the Lhasa, go up north to Shijiazhuang. Every place was an adoration of Buddha. And for them, Buddha was or is God. 
or the it's not even Buddha is not God. Buddha is the ultimate expression of consciousness. So it was gradual. I'm not a fast learner at all. These things happen little by little by little, but they build up and they they create a a new world perspective, a new life perspective that allows me to experience the deeper forms of consciousness. Very often, my near-death experience guests will come back with some type of new ability that they didn't have prior. And I know you mentioned that your energy has changed, but did you have any actual abilities that you didn't have, like clairvoyance, clairaudience, or anything else? Well, frankly, I'd experienced all that stuff previously, as I had mentioned to you. Um, so coming back, it, it was it was like refocusing myself. Why did you go off in that direction? Why did you do what you did? Why did you become engaged in a process that you felt was life-threatening? So this that's what I came back with. Underlying that was my experience as a young person and as I grew older of consciousness, of spirit. So my, my learning point was not the, wow, there's love or, or there's amazing things happening. Because I had fortunately experienced that. It was just like, who are you? Where are you? What do you want to accomplish in life? What are you doing here? So it was a reevaluation of who I am. Whenever you were doing your soul travels, did you ever encounter any negative entities? Quite a few. How do we protect ourselves from them? Well, you know, you have an energetic field, or maybe you don't. We have an energetic field. We have the ability to protect ourselves energetically, but we don't realize it. Um, I, div I listened to, and this, this whole concept was clarified at, at the Monroe Institute, um, where you use your energy and form a protection around yourself in which you can be discerning in what you accept and what you don't accept. So for me, every time I go out, I recreate that energy capsule that I go out in, I go out in um, and that has, I think, protected me from many very bizarre situations. I, when I was going out in the beginning, I didn't have that. So it was just me going there and being subject to the push and pull of different form, different agendas. Probably one experience I had, and this is the beginning of my travels, consciousness travels, is that I went to a place there, what we would look at and say, that's hell. But I'm nosy. I'm curious. I want to know what's going on. So I went there and I started walking and I saw literally millions of souls who had not released from the planet. And it was, it was sad. It was a shocking uh, crying and yelling and screaming just because they don't know what's going on. They're stuck. So I walked there and one of those souls went to grab my foot and started pulling me down into where they were. And that frightened me. Uh, I, I got out of it through what I call intention, energized intention, but at the beginning it was frightening. It was, it was worse than any movie you ever saw. Because I had this feeling that if that soul or that entity pulled me down through where they were, 
I wasn't coming back. And that's a very shocking experience. Can you tell us more about how you engage in the healing process now? Sure. Um, what I learned from my mentor at a young age was to quiet the body, quiet the mind, and allow spirit to come into me through the head and out. And I found that my hands were usually the place that re it ended up at. So I learned how to release that energy. And that was through meditation. That was through reading, extensive reading and listening to people. But I found I could do that. My hands would get hot. Very, very hot. But with the release of energy, it was like mission accomplished. And then it would end. While you're on the other side, do you see any evidence of what people call a higher self? And do we have like a higher or a complete self on the other side? Well, we have a group soul. You're just a part of it. You are a part of a group of souls that came in for certain experiences. You're a part of a group. So when you go out and you hit the higher levels of uh, energy frequency, you meet members of your total self. The total self is a unified consciousness guiding all of its members through the process of life. It, it functions very similar to the pattern, but it's, it's the wisdom, it's the experience, it's the broader view that's not restricted by anything that we experience in time and space. So yes, you meet the members of your total self. And then I think from what I saw, there's a consolidation in what I call uplift. You go to the next thing as a group. And I had a hard time dealing with that because I always thought of myself as a standalone until I began to experience it. Yeah, you're a standalone, but you're within the group. The, the group supports your work. How many people does the group consist of? Every person is different. Every soul is different. Some are small, maybe a hundred, and some are huge, thousands and thousands. Hmm. So it depends on you and where you're at and what you experience and, and what your goals and objectives are. While you were out, have you ever traveled to other worlds? Yes. That was a very strange experience. I traveled to other realities. I, I view them as earth multiplied like a hologram, but each reality had its own shape that very much mirrored who, where we are, but they were different. Consciousness was different. Form was different. Goals and objectives were different, but they were still in a reality that was enmeshed in the physical Sometimes my near-death experiencers will encounter what we call aliens. Have you ever encountered any of those out there? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting question because I avoid answering that whenever possible. Yes, there are aliens of higher, much higher consciousness, much higher frequency than we are. And they have their own goals. They have their own objectives. Earth is just an interesting stop if they want to stop at all. So yes, they're there. And you can build relationships that are very helpful to you when you're traveling on the other side. But here in the physical, 
I see things occasionally, but there's no presence that I need to deal with. Do you think those aliens are actually flying in at UFOs around the planet? I, I never call them UFOs. They're flying. To me, what I've experienced and seen is other forms of consciousness traveling in an organized manner, going from point A to point B. And, and I say that lightly because I don't know where the heck they're going. They just go. But generally speaking, everything is good. Now, the aliens, as uh, Whitley Schreiber says, on Earth are dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Because they, they are more resonating to our frequency. So there's a physical presence or very close to our frequency. And they're just as inquisitive as we are. And to, and to satisfy their curiosity, they do some very strange things. <laughs> and I bet neither of us want to be involved with that. No, you want, to, you want to do a 180 and run. All right. Well, we kind of touched on it, but your book is called The Pattern, Exploration of Consciousness. Where yeah. can people go to find out more about it? Well, it's currently on Amazon in the book form and a Kindle form. So it's The Pattern, An Exploration of Consciousness by Kevin Jeffers. We'll take you there. Do you have a website? We have a website and we finished it yesterday. So it'll probably uplift. Sorry for that expression. It'll probably become live in about two days. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. What's the best way to reach you? Uh, email. And that would be The Pattern at um no info at the pattern dot pub do you feel like you have graduated and you're not coming back next time no i've been advised that i need to do another cycle and i'm personally i'm very disappointed because i don't want to come back i really don't want to come back here so are you saying that we don't have the option well, remember this is that when you're you now, as you are, you have certain thoughts, you have certain wants and needs, you the body, you the soul in the body. But when you go in, when you pass, you shift into a higher form of consciousness. So it's a consultation on what you should be doing. You don't, when you're in a higher, higher expression of, consciousness you don't see things the way you see them as we're sitting here so you see you they see me they see kevin in the broader picture i had a previous guest and he is of the belief that we're forced to come back here i guess forever this is a soul trap what are your thoughts on that i think you're only trapped to the degree that you want to be trapped if you think you're just coming in here to repeat cycles and cycles and cycles, I think you've lost an understanding of the point of the experience of consciousness, which is to blend in with the group soul that blends in with this with spirit, spirit being that um, amorphous energy that surrounds us and guides us. So I really don't understand that. I can see it how someone would be trapped, but it would be for very particular reasons. Spirit doesn't want you trapped. 
Spirit doesn't want you to hang out on earth. It wants you to go into the light, reformulate yourself, sometimes shifting who you are. Maybe you want to come back as a woman or you come back as a man. You need to have that work done that allows that to happen. It's just not uh, a snap of the fingers. So a person that comes in and thinks that they just repeat, 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 um, I don't see it. I feel bad about it, but I don't see it. I guess what you're saying, when you go into the light, you're getting healed, you're getting reformulated. Yes, that's and, a good reset. Yeah, it's a reset. So yes, the function of the light is, is to encourage us and guide us and to power us with, that, with the energy needed to move forward. So the people that go in the light in, in many, many people that have had near-death experiences find themselves transformed. And who's transforming them? What's transforming them? It just doesn't happen. There is intelligence behind the transformation. And we all pass, we all go into the near-death experience and come back for a purpose. And it's a very personal purpose. It's not the universe or the planet. It's your own personal agenda. Maybe you feel that you need to change who you are, but you don't want to leave yet because you have obligations with family or friends or whatever. So, but you need to change because you're not effective. And, and I think that's what happened to me when I went there the first time is that there was a high level of sadness and disappointment that I was even there in the first place where I should be minding my business. Would you say then that the light itself is consciousness? Yes, absolutely. I can say unequivocally that is a true statement for me. The light is, I mean, it is bright, it is shiny. But the light is consciousness. And the higher the frequency, the, the brighter the expression of energy. So yeah, the light, the light has huge impact. It will change you. I don't think there's any voting involved here at all. Kevin, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. You're immortal. That's a great message. Kevin, thank you for joining me today. I wish you the best and I wish you success with your new book. I very much appreciate that. I'm now actually writing a second book called Soul Retrieval. Oh, great. We have a reason to get you back. <laughs> that might take a little bit longer. Writing books are not easy. All right. Well, thanks again, Kevin, and have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Take care of yourself. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.